0: It ain't the left side the right side, and it must be the side. Side. It ain't the left side the Thank
1: right you, right Solo D. Side. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm um, Brian Kat, NFL on Twitter. Paul is fanatic underscore pick. The Dolphins travel to Arizona this weekend to take on the 5-2 and two Cardinals in a matchup. It's a very big game for, for both teams, two very hot teams, who haven't lost in the last month. The, the Cardinals have won three in a row. The Dolphins have won three in a row. Um, and, and when you look at Arizona on offense, they've scored over 30 points a game uh, in each of their last three contests. Uh, obviously headlined by Kyler Murray, who is making an early season run as an MVP candidate. Here in the NFL, so uh, joining us here today, we've got Scott Allen from the FanSided Network, um, and he represents the Raising Zona uh, website there for FanSided. You can also follow him at Az Sports Guy. Scott, thanks for joining us. How are you
2: doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, I, I got to be honest with you with Arizona here. Uh, I was a little bit skeptical back in 2019 when they hired Cliff Kingsbury, very simply because um, he, he just did, what coached six years for Texas Tech. I think he was below 504 of his last five years. Then they draft this small quarterback out of Oklahoma with the first overall pick, but boy, was I wrong on that. I mean, uh, really through the first seven games of the year, Kyler Murray's just completely balling out.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I was uh, skeptical at first, both with the Kingsbury hire and the the uh, pick for Murray. You know, the Kingsbury hire was inter, I was an interesting one um, at the time that it happened, and the same argument you just made is basically an argument that some people are still trying to make. But look, you know, they're different. They're different games. The college game is different. The Big Twelve game is much different. Um, I wasn't sure it was going to translate here, but and he And he still makes questionable decisions at times, but he but the thing that I think he that endears him to most fans is that he owns up to his mistakes he knows when he's made' them. he's he's honest he he doesn't beat around the bush, so I appreciate that and he and he learns he seems to be learning from his mistakes as far as Murray goes um i mean I was pretty adamant that he wasn't even gonna be taken, you know. Now people say, oh, yeah, I knew all along they were going to Well, I didn't. I mean, I I was thinking they were going to go either Bosa or, or Quentin Williams at that point, um, but they didn't. And especially since they were only a year into the Josh Rosen project, and, um, and I wouldn't even consider him a project. He kind of just got thrown to the wolves because uh, of a poor off- offense that they had. So, you know, it, it it's worked out, obviously, at this point. Um, you know, Murray – Is also one that's been learning from his mistakes. And, um, you know, right now he's got uh, 13 touchdowns, seven interceptions, but he got three of them were against Detroit and one of the only two losses. And a couple of those haven't been his fault. You know, they kind of, the balls are getting tipped. He has, the the batted balls do seem to be down a little bit, but uh, I mean, he's made, he made some questionable decisions early on, but I think that's part of the reason for the three game win streak. I mean, he's starting to, he's learning how to not make mistakes and he's, he's winning the game both in the air and on the ground.
1: You bet. And like you said, on the ground, he has 437 rushing yards this year and you translate that uh, 437 rushing yards in seven games over 16 games. We're talking about a thousand yard season on the ground from a quarterback. I mean, so he, he's, he's certainly, playing great football yeah you know, I'm curious as far as defending him um you know the Dolphins have a lot of size uh on their defensive line with Zach Sealer and, and Raquan Davis at seven, Emmanuel Agba uh at at five, who's who's um who's on fire right now you know obviously you know elephant in the room Kyler Murray's a, you know he's five foot ten he's very much on the small side probably the shortest quarterback in the league uh but playing at a very high level do you ever see that height uh, become a disadvantage throughout the games that you've seen?
2: I think just thought, going back to what I was just talking about, I think the I think the biggest disadvantage is that he he can he has a tendency maybe to his his throw his uh, trajectory on his throws a little bit lower and, and it can lead to some batted balls. But even that seemed to be more of a problem last year, and it's happened a few times this year. But it hasn't happened a lot. I think. More so than not, it's just Murray has, you know, when he's missed, it's been because of him, not because of a ball being batted down. Um, but his accuracy has been strong this year. So, I mean, he's in, I don't know what the exact number is, but I know it's in the sixties at this point. And, um, you know, he's, so there's really not a big issue there. I think that's the biggest disadvantage. Obviously, his size and his quick, his quickness, uh, you know, gets him to where he wants to be most of the time. He, He's been avoiding sacks. Some, he took some bad sacks last year. He hasn't really done that this year. He's only been sacked nine times, which is the second lowest in the NFL now at this point. So it, I can imagine, you know, for most NFL defenses, it's hard to plan for him uh, because, A, he is, now he, he's got that threat of running, which, by the way, he's not honestly not a big fan of. He said it himself. He'd rather stick in the pocket and throw the ball. <laughs> hmm. But, Um, They do they do design several runs for him a game, and then a lot of the times, you know, a lot of the times, certainly he's improvising. You know, when the when either pass protection starts to break down or players are covered down the field, receivers are covered down the field, he'll take off. But they design runs for him, even though it's not his favorite thing to do.
1: And from what I've seen of him, he he has a lot of respect for protecting his body too, and that's that's something that at a young age, a quarterback. Tends to not want to do a whole heck of a lot, at least from what I've seen on there. So that that's, that's very admirable for somebody. I'm a big fan of Kyler Murray. Not this week. I I want him to play terrible (laughs) this week, but yeah, I I am a big fan. Uh, One player, obviously that has a lot of history in Miami. uh, Kenyon Drake was traded from the Dolphins to the Cardinals for very little last year. I believe it was a fifth round pick. Um, what is the feeling there in Arizona on Kenyon Drake here a year later? I know he's questionable for this game.
2: Yeah, you know, <laughs> well, if you if you ask Cardinals fans the first four weeks, and even and I made you know some you know comments questioning you know what he what he was doing out there, um, you know, at times early on it looked like he was moving more uh, horizontally than vertically, and he was just he he was going. More, uh, you know, uh, east west than he was north south, and he's he's got to get the he was doing a lot of sideways running and and getting nowhere with it. He was doing a lot of running but going nowhere, you know. And um, it, and not only Cardinals fans recognized it. Um, this was uh, just before um, he talked about this after the Dallas game a couple of weeks ago, um, but before the before that game during that week he got a call from his mom and his mom told him, Hey, listen, here's what you need to do. This is what you need to fix. You know, you need to, you need to get this right. And so he, he said, yeah, I listen, you know, when mom talks, I listen. And then he goes off for 174 yards uh, against the Cowboys, um, you know, including a 69 yard run. Um, And then unfortunately, you know, he uh, he got hurt against um, the Seahawks last week or I should say now a week and a half ago
0: um, mm-hmm. in
2: week seven. And, um, you know, his numbers weren't – his numbers improved as the game went on, but then he, he got the second-half injury. Um, and, you know, like you said, he is – it's amazing that he's just questionable at this point this week because when he initially was hurt in week seven after the Seattle game – they were there. They weren't sure what they were dealing with. They were to hope that it wouldn't be season ending. And then it turned out it wasn't going to be season ending, but he was going to miss several weeks. Um, and now it's to the point where he's considered day to day, and they say it's unlikely he'll play this week. But he still listed as questionable. So if he doesn't play this week, this week against Miami, he definitely will next week against Buffalo. And it's sounding like so. I mean, that's good. And. You know, he's has yeah. 512 yards rushing, so he's got uh, he's he's got four TDs. Um, so he's doing what he yeah. needs to do to complement the running game at this point.
1: And obviously, if if Kenyon Drake doesn't play, then we're going to see a lot of Chase Edmonds at running back, who's definitely filled in admirably in his place as as, yeah. as a backup.
2: Well, the thing with Edmonds is, what's great about him, he's more of a versatile back than Drake is. Yeah, because Edmonds is not only a a danger in the running game, the the kid can catch the ball and run with it, too, at that point. So he also makes for a good receiver.
1: Sure, sure, absolutely. Looking at the wide receiver spot, two questions here is, number one, how shocked were you in the offseason when the the Cardinals were able to pull a trade of, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was David Johnson in a fourth rounder for Hopkins in a second. I'm not sure if I have that exactly right, but I, I mean, yeah, to me, it was one of the most shocking ch- trades that I've ever seen on there. Yeah. Was, was it the same way for you?
2: Well, it was, okay. So it, was, it wasn't It was a surprise to see David Johnson shipped, and I'm glad they found David Johnson's team because, you know, I, I think he deserved <laughs> uh, another chance somewhere else. Um, I know fans grew sour on him real quick. Um, and I know he kind of fell out of favor with, uh Kingsbury at the end of the season last year. Uh he's a really good dude and you know the injuries really uh really set him back. You know, thought he'd have a, a long good career here, but I mean, let's be honest, Arizona won that trade, hands down. It was they fleeced Houston at that point. Um there's I don't think there's any other way to look at it. Um, you know, certainly everybody's shocked that, you know, despite the money that Hopkins was asking for, nobody ever thought that he'd get traded Um, especially to a team like the Cardinals for a guy like David Johnson. And then a couple of picks were involved. So, and and let's go look at the numbers between those two. And Arizona is clearly winning that still at this point. Um, Hopkins is one of the top receivers in the league this year. So.
1: Yeah. And he's got over 700 yards. And I noticed that after that, the Cardinals don't have a player on the roster. Um, with over, I think 275 receiving yards on there, but they do have a lot of depth. So after, after Hopkins, you've got the great Larry Fitzgerald kind of playing that, that Jerry Rice mentor type late, later in his career. Um, it, would you say he's the second biggest threat there? Or do you think Christian Kirk has overtaken that role?
2: Uh, yeah. Well, I think Fitzgerald is definitely still a threat. I I think there isn't as much of a a chance to – there isn't as much of a direction to get him the ball more. I mean, yeah, they're trying to feed him at least once a game so he can continue his con- consecutive streak. There's been a couple of games – I think there was one game this year where he had one catch for no yards, but he got his catch. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, what are you going to do at that point, right? So, yeah, it, it's been more of an active effort to get everybody else involved and um Fitz did get a few catches against Seattle uh last week and then had um you know it was targeted definitely more than he was the week before but yeah it's he uh he hasn't scored a touchdown yet this year and uh he's the one that has 207 yards he he's only caught 29 balls so far this year um mm-hmm. but yeah I think Part of it is, you know, as long as Christian Kirk is healthy, which has, again, been been an issue, then I think Christian Kirk, they're really – he's turning into that number two receiver, and he's got a great rapport with Kyler Murray. Um, you know, I think the, the country got to see what Kirk could do um, the last two weeks versus Dallas and versus Seattle, and as long as he stays healthy – then, yeah, I don't think there's any reason why Kirk isn't going to be the number two going forward as long as Hopkins is here.
1: Yeah, and that there should be a good matchup there with uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk against Xavier Howard and Byron Jones should be one of the best matchups in this game with the Dolphins and the Cardinals. We're joined here by Scott Allen from the Raising Zona website on the fan-sided network be sure to go over there and and take a look at that uh continuing with this matchup here uh, the offensive line here scott i you you know you talked about josh rosen a few years ago and how he got killed i remember specifically that year that i I think arizona had all five offensive linemen go on ir that year which i'd never seen before then believe it or not he came to miami and their offensive line was worse so (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I know that they've really put a lot of pieces back together. DJ Humphreys at left tackle, the former first rounder, seems to get better every year he was rewarded with a contract extension. You know, pa- pass protection against this Dolphins defense is a very big deal. So uh, how would you address kind of the strengths and the weaknesses of that offensive line today?
2: Well, as far as the Cardinals offensive line, again, I mean, I and I think part of it's Murray, but – you know the fact that they're only they've only given up nine sacks so far in is just to me is amazing. And they had the big the big you hit it on the head injuries. The the offensive line hasn't been able to stay healthy. I mean, when they've been healthy, they have been great. But you need to be there in the first place. And between DJ Humphreys and Justin Pugh and Mason Cole, uh, those three guys have missed a number of games the past couple of years. They are, or at least have been if they've been playing, they haven't been 100%. They've been dealing, you know, especially D.J. Humphreys. You know, I think he's finally starting to show that potential that everybody thought and hoped he had a couple years ago. Um, You know, Justin Pugh's been strong. Mason Cole's been strong on center. Um, And now they're really high on Justin Murray um, over at right guard. And then um, uh, uh, Kevin Beecham, who they have on the right tackle. Um, also, it has has played very well. Um, and even the guys behind them, uh, guys like Joshua Miles, uh, Josh Jones, who I know they're very high on, um, and I know that they were they talked a bit about him on the national broadcast on uh, NBC a couple weeks ago. Um, they the Cardinals do like him, and you know that he's a rookie, and he's going he's going to eventually be the starter. Um, you know, I think right now they're they've got a nice offensive line that's helping protect you know murray and uh you know it doesn't <laughs> the numbers look better when you got murray scrambling around out there that can avoid some of these sacks but i'll tell you what it looks a lot sure. better this year than it has the past couple of years for sure
1: yeah i've, I've noticed that when i was looking at tape of them and uh, josh jones is a player that i i wanted for the dolphins uh really at the end of the first round he he, he oddly fell to the middle of the third round so uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear he's going to be that kind of heir apparent for Kelvin Beecham, who was with the yeah. Jets for a long time there on the defensive side of the ball there, Scott. I mean, obviously the biggest news, you know, for the Cardinals this year has been the absence of Chandler Jones. I mean, 61 sacks with the Arizona Cardinals since he joined the team uh, in, in 2016. Uh, how has Arizona replaced, that that pass rush production from from Chandler Jones throughout the last few weeks.
2: Yeah, well, it, it kind of well. Let's put it say Chandler Jones wasn't get wasn't getting the sacks even before he got hurt. You know, he got hurt obviously it was early. He got hurt in the Jets game. It was only game four of the season, so um, he got his bicep injury. Um, so he only had one sack up to that point, um, but just having the mere presence of Chandler Jones can be distracting for any offense um, and any quarterback. I think it's more of a – I hate to use the word by committee, but it's almost kind of been how it's been. In, in, But I think we've seen a couple of people that have stepped up since he's gone out. One of those names is Hassan Reddick um you know he an outside linebacker they've really had a tough time trying to find a good fit for him um and the first season or two he was kind of in the doghouse because he wasn't turning you know first round draft pick he's number 13 pick in the draft and he hasn't really played like it his first couple of years um but over the past year or so he's really started to improve week by week and you know now the kid. I mean, the kid looked great in overtime against Seattle, and he. I think they have finally found a home for him, where he can thrive. Um, certainly, um, another guy that has played very well um, at linebacker is Devon Drew Campbell. He's been a great pickup, um, and they've had some issues with injuries on the offensive line. You know, they've you know, Jordan Phillips has been kind of hurt off and on um, this week it's going to be very exciting to see what uh their new addition to the team. They got Marcus Golden back from the New York Giants sure. in a trade last week. Um Marcus Golden couldn't play Seattle because of uh, the covid restrictions, the, you know, the, the process of coming to a new team. So he he's going to he's here now finally. He'll start this week um uh from everything i've seen uh against Miami. It'll be very interesting to see how he does, you know, cause he had 12 sacks uh, in his first season here with the Cardinals. So before he ended up having, um, an ACL injury that put him out for the season a couple of years ago. Um, and then he, you know, he left as a free agent. Um, the Cardinals let him leave. Um, so it is exciting to see him back.
1: Sure. And Jordan Phillips, you said uh, uh, off and on. I mean, I, I think that should be the nickname of his entire career, especially <laughs> when he was here in Miami. I mean, yeah. I, I swear the guy, I, when he was here, and I know he's improved. He's become a better football player. He had, I think, ten and a half sacks last year for Buffalo before he came to Arizona. Um, but when he, when he was here in Miami, I'll tell you, he he would just destroy two drives a game and then he would completely fall off the face of the earth has, you know, I, I saw last week that he only played 27 snaps, uh, or excuse me, two weeks ago against Seattle only played 27 yeah. snaps. W- what's kind of been the reaction to to Jordan Phillips so far?
2: Ah, I think the jury's still out, to be honest. I mean, we've only, we, I mean, at this point we've had a seven game sample and um, you know, he, he hasn't. He's been able to play in all seven, but he hasn't been at full strength. He's had these injuries. He's he he's been he's been on the injury report several times. Um, you know he's got two sacks. I couldn't remember what his number was. So I actually just looked it up. He's got two sacks, um, right now. Uh, so, you know, it, I think we're still trying to feel it out here. Um, certainly he, you know, when he coming in, he was a name, and obviously you mentioned what he did for Buffalo last year, and that was. Um, certainly I know Cardinals fans were looking forward to seeing if he could produce that here. And now, especially with the absence of Chandler Jones, is that a number that he can come close to producing again? I mean, he's still got nine more games left this year. So yeah, he he could still produce that in the end. Um, I guess it remains to be seen.
1: You know, I defensively, I'm uh, going back to Hassan Reddick. I'm I'm glad that this guy has found a home uh, getting after the quarterback. Uh, and Chandler Jones's absence. I mean, five sacks on the year, but I can't help but think here. Look at looking at the Cardinals first round picks, Isaiah Simmons, Hassan Reddick, Deionie Buchanan. Are, are you ever fed up with them drafting these linebackers who are good at 19 things, but can't actually do one thing from a year to year basis?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously Buchanan was a little bit of a, you know, he was a little bit of a surprise to start with. You know, I, I'm a I'm a Pac-12 guy. I'm out west, so you know, Dean Dean Buchanan, not knowing a whole lot of him, you know, when he was up at Washington State, but uh, when they drafted him, but he's he was a hard hitter. I loved the way he played his first year or two, um, and then he kind of fell off. He kind of fell off the face of the earth and. Um, you know, and, and we haven't heard much from him since. Um, you know, and uh um I know that he was trying to get on in Tampa when BA went over there and um Yeah, he's with the Falcons like
1: practice think, squad. I think he just got cut. Is that where him.
2: he is now. I I honestly didn't even know where he had landed at this point. So,
1: yeah, I I, in um, fact, I think he just got cut, so I think he I think he's <laughs> bouncing around a lot. But yeah, that and I say surprise. that. Guy, kind of in jest. So I'm getting really more to Isaiah Simmons there, you know. Yeah. Uh, he had he had that overtime interception against Seattle. And that uh, was Yeah, pretty bad, Probably pretty bad throw. It's pretty well, bad
2: throw. it's a great play on his part to I mean, he knew exactly where Simmons was or uh Russell Wilson was going with that uh pass. I mean, that was really the first play he's made. I mean, cuz he's not getting a lot of snaps every game. So he, I think he'd only had a handful of snaps in the game up to that point. Um, I think he's one again. They're trying to figure out where he fits. Um, you know, he's one of those guys that came in with uh, that tag of being versatile and being able to move all over the field. Okay, well, that was on the college game at Clemson. You know, it's a different game. And I think Kingsbury's even mentioned, and they said, you know what, the lack of having an off season with covid and not being able to have all the OTAs and camps and missing all that time and then obviously having a, a, a pretty much about what looked uh, amounted to maybe a shorter training camp it just didn't have the reps and um sure. i think didn't you know, like, I mean it's hurt a lot of the rookies i mean it's not just a problem that's re- that's uh that's just exclusive to Simmons but i think it's a um but I think when you come in with being such a high pick, especially on the defensive side, yeah, the, 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 um, the expectations are going to be great. And you, so you kind of got to look at it. Okay. Th- I think they're just trying to feel it out right now with him, see where he's going. I do think his snap count will, will, will greatly improve as time goes along over the next two weeks or excuse me, two months uh, in the remaining part of the season. Um, and then we may see next season what we really expect to see out of Simmons this season. Um, hopefully there is some kind of yeah. uh, off season schedule this year. So, you know, that, uh, that being said, but yeah, I think we may have just seen the beginning finally of what Simmons can provide uh, based on what he did there at the end of the Seattle game.
1: Yeah. He was fun to watch at Clemson and he played all over the place. I mean, uh, and, and I saw him a, all- so many times in that really giant free safety look. And now he's adjusting to, you know, being a three, four linebacker. So he's a phenomenal athlete. I'm sure with some reps, uh, he's, he's going to get on the field a lot and make a big impact Um, at defensive back there, Scott, um, more household names. I mean, uh, Patrick Peterson, future hall of famer uh, Buddha Baker is turning into, and has been really one of the best safeties in the league over the last couple of years. They're going to miss Byron Murphy in this game. You know, he was a first pick of the second round here, uh, not this past year, but the year before. Um, do you see that being a big loss there?
2: Yeah, I mean, Byron Murphy is a guy that yeah, he's going to be missed this week for sure. Um, you know, he's again, he's just a second year, a second year guy. Um, he's, he's, I think you know, he, he still hasn't, to me, still hasn't been consistent, but he has definitely made plays. Uh, I, I I love him. I, I love the way he plays. He plays hard. Um, the kid is smart. Um, you know, so yeah, I think this week they'll miss him. Definitely. Um, you just hope guys like, uh, you know Drake or Patrick can pick it up you know he he's had a kind of a tough game against Seattle. um I know some people are looking towards Kevin Peterson coming in and playing well um so yeah there and then even Patrick Peterson's kind of been off and on so far this season, so uh-huh. you know it's uh um it's good I don't know what quite to expect this week i I do think he'll be missed. I mean I'm not gonna sit here and say that he it's not that he's not a difference maker at this point, but I do think his presence, I think teams are starting to learn what he can what he can do um against them. Um and so, you know, sitting there at the cornerback spot. I think the safety spot is something to more look at. I mean you mentioned it and Buda Baker guy's becoming a star. Um, you know, and he is just getting I mean, if if, he, if, if it's possible, he's getting better and better every week. Um, And I think that's where the difference could become, uh, it could be made there in the defensive secondary.
1: Yeah. He he reminds me of a a player that I think would have been a great player in the league, Bob Sanders, uh, back with the Colts who won defensive player of the year in 2006, but just could never stay healthy. Buda Baker is all over the field. He's undersized, but doesn't play like it. He's somebody that just based on his, on his size and his speed profile and his ability to, to sniff out play somebody you don't see week to week bringing those rare rare skills yeah. to the table. Um, so Scott, take a look at this matchup here. Cardinals having a very good year at five and two, you know, really could uh, start to, to challenge the Seahawks in this, one of the best divisions in the league and, and they beat them here a couple of weeks ago in their last game. What do you think the Cardinals need to do to pull out a win over the Dolphins here?
2: Don't do what the Rams did. Don't make mistakes. Uh, Don't turn the ball over. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I know the Rams were able to finally move the ball a little bit, um, you know, but, you know, once they made their mistakes and fell behind, it was too late for the Rams to come back. And I think the Cardinals are the same way. I mean, I think you know, they think they're going to have to play in a straight free football. You know, they're not going to, they can't make stupid mistakes. They can't throw dumb interceptions. They have to protect the ball, um, you know, and, and they've got, I mean, I know you've, I know two is only going to be starting his second game, but, you know, I mean, the, the kid wasn't the first round pick for nothing. So, you know, he's, he's going to eventually uh, know his way around and, Hey, look at you know look at the Dolphins. The Dolphins are two and one against the NFC East this year. So, I th- I th- yeah, that's right. Yeah, I had to think about it almost for they like, you know they haven't played Seattle tough in the game that they lost. So they're not a pushover like they used to be. I mean, so yeah. Uh, hopefully the Cardinals have learned that. I've seen a couple of people think that this might end up being a trap game. I've seen that term being used this week, and I and I kind of put a stop. this say, like, well. I mean, look, I don't know how it could be a trap game at this point. They should know what Miami's capable of doing. They just go watch them. I mean, they they, all, they, they, played Seattle close. They almost beat Buffalo, and they figured it out against the 49ers, and they figured it out against the Rams, although it was more of a defensive effort at that point. And special teams played well last week. I mean, that's something to, to account for as well. Um, yeah, you're right.
1: So I think if you... Miami
2: can get you in, in, a, in multiple spots.
1: Yeah, and if you want to know our opinion on Tua uh, so far after one game, it's a, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, it, he was 12 for 23 for 96 yards last week yeah. very simply because in the second quarter, the Dolphins had a defensive touchdown, a special teams touchdown, right. and uh, they returned the ball to the one-yard line on defense on a turnover all in the second quarter. So by the time hey. Tua got the ball in his hands, it was his job to hand it off. Uh, but, and we and really k- kill the clock. We're not
2: asking much for him at that point, so you
1: know <laughs> yeah, you yeah, don't want exactly to overwhelm right. him,
2: and it was a great position it, for him to be in. So,
1: you, you bet. And, and I think too that what's different in this game compared to the the last two NFC West opponents the Dolphins have played, you know, the Forty ers and the Rams, is I, I see Kyler Murray as a quarterback that can control the game a lot better because he has the ability to beat you with his arms and his arms and his legs where the biggest thing against Garoppolo and Jared Goff is that the Dolphins pass rush has been so on lately. They've been able to tee off on those quarterbacks, rattle them early, get ahead, create turnovers. I don't, even though Murray's thrown seven picks this year, that's not an incredibly high amount. Um, and, and I think that's, I, I don't see them teeing off on Murray the same way they did on Goff and Garoppolo.
2: Yeah, I mean they're different quarterbacks, so yeah, I mean it's it's, it's going to be interesting. The the one thing I just worry about is yeah, I mean when things tend to go against the Cardinals, sometimes it it becomes a rolling effect, and I know that happens to other teams too, but the Cardinals more so. So you just hope that hey, one mistake doesn't turn into two, and then all of a sudden it gets to the point where you've made so many mistakes and uh, that you can't come back from it. So, um, you know they, I think. I think both teams will, you know, have have very good defenses. I think both teams will also be able to move the ball down the field. You know, this the Cardinals defense, they put up good numbers, but, I mean, they gave up almost 400 yards of offense in the first half of Seattle last week, shut them down pretty good in the second half and overtime. But So they have to have a good game plan coming in, or, or you know, even a guy like Tua, um, as inexperienced as he is in the NFL – he might be able to even put some points up and i know you guys got dangerous receivers so um you know that's uh you know so hopefully they don't sleep on them and uh you know they study up on they've studied up very well this week on video um from any tape that they get from uh the, from the Miami games and uh um you know i i yeah. i think if you're an nfl fan you're looking forward to this matchup
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting game. So, given that, Scott, what is your score prediction for this Sunday between the Dolphins and the Cardinals?
2: Well, you're the first one to ask, and I really honestly hadn't put much thought to it. Um, And at this point, I almost don't even consider home field an advantage um, with no, okay, so very few fans. Obviously, you're not having a packed 70,000 person stadium, Cardinals are letting 4,200 people in this week. Um, They just had the lottery the last couple of days for their season ticket holders to get tickets. And, you know, half of them are already on sale on places like SeatGeek and StubHub. So, (laughs) but, uh, you know, yeah. But so anyways, um, it's, 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 to me that's one's been one of the more tougher ones just because uh, I've seen how Miami's played. Um the Cardinals are coming off a bye and you know they're they're only so far that I'm aware of their biggest uh their biggest injuries aren't really injuries realnesses they've got they've got they're going to miss Kennard and Murphy um on the defense uh because they're they're out because of covid other than that I think they're and obviously Drake is a questionable um but I don't think anybody here is expecting him to play so you know, but they can they can use Murray. They can use Edmonds in the running game. So I think I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to come down to whoever makes the fewest mistakes. I mean, sometimes you can make more mistakes and win. I don't think Miami's a team that the Cardinals can do that against. Um, you know, so I'll just go out on a limb, and I'm going to say the Cardinals will win
1: 31-28. 31-28, there you have it. And we we really appreciate Scott Allen from Raising Zona. You be sure to go over on the Fan FanSided Network and check out his site. You can also follow him uh, at uh, Az Sports Guy on his Twitter handle as well. Thanks for joining us here, Scott. We really appreciate it.
2: Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: And that will do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins-Cardinals game, taking a look at the opposing s- sideline at the Arizona Cardinals. I'm Brian Cat NFL on Twitter, Paul is Fanatic underscore pick. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the Fin side. So, will D, take us out. It ain't the
0: left side for the right side, and it must be the Fin side. It ain't the left, left line, side for the right, right side, right. and it must be the fifth line. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian, Cat and Paul about to do again. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corrient.